0: Morning, officer. <laughs> Maybe this is the pot calling the kettle black. This guy thinks he's a genius and he's a moron. <laughs> Good news, everyone. Why <gasps> 2K? Why <laughs> 2K? Oh no!
1: Think of like the dumbest cave troll let you know. You looked right at me when you said that.
0: You're not the dumbest. Here are the facts as I see them. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the bandit cripple hour uh i am your host the crippled bandit that's my that's my intro everybody dude I, i'm like jacked up by the way hi merce hi uh yeah i was uh working earlier this week and uh i was just remarking about how good my back had felt like ever since i switched some stuff with my mattress stringing uh, building like uh, a fence rebuilding it with like 30 posts my bad 20 posts and some h-braces it's odd. The hardest part of it. I,
1: I would rather put in more posts to have to do less H braces.
0: Here's the thing. So, by the way, hi, everybody. Follow us, like, subscribe, all that jazz. Y'all know what to do. I'm just jumping into things because we're going to see how long my ass can sit still without uh, dying uh, from pain. But no, so like on our border, we, we actually border a tomato field uh, to the west of us and the guy gave me a call, said, Hey man, y'all got like two cows over here. And I'm like, All right, that's pretty important to get cows that so don't eat their tomatoes and drive them crazy. And here's the thing we're utilizing like all of our pasture land. And since it's such a bad drought right now and we're coming out of winter, it's two bad combinations. Look like we've hardly got any grass. And nobody hardly has any grass.
1: Yeah, we just open ours to all our pastures now. So yeah. they're, in, they're in everything. We, we
0: can't rotate. Like we, we need every blade we can get. So the cows, like, they don't even really want the tomatoes as much as they do, like, the stuff those farmers, like, don't manage. And it's just growed up grass. and Green. Anyways, he's like, hey, man, there's two cows over here. I'm like, all right, I'll get in my truck and I'll drive over and just spook them back. Because I don't feel like getting on a horse, modern style. Uh, Whipped around, drove, realized it wasn't two. It was more like eight of them. And they're all like, so there's this bay head. And when I say a bay head, it, it's like a small, in, in Florida, you'll find the, like, everything's mostly flat. And you'll find just these kind of dips of swamps, isolated swamps, where it's just thick mud, trees. It can be anywhere from a couple of acres to a couple hundred acres. I mean, just bay heads. Well, our border goes right through this bay head. So, like, they, have some of it's on their property, some of it's on ours. And... I managed to chase the cows back, and I'm thinking, like, all right, they must have found, like, one little place to slip through. I get there, and it's, like, where this stuff didn't fall down from the hurricane, but I think the hurricane messed it up enough that here recently, now that it's gotten dry, they just—everything went down.
1: You got to look up during windstorms.
0: Dude, and it's—what I would have had to have done in order to not use H-braces is, like, get— pretty much get a front end loader and shove all this stuff back on their property and build a new line. And I don't have a we don't have a good front end loader piece of equipment to do that with. So I'm like, I am just going to give them five feet. I'm just going to come off of our fence five feet inside, go across and back, but you got to build H brace corners. But uh, would you agree the
1: H brace is like the hardest part of that job typically? It's not. It's not really hard. It's more time consuming. Yeah, it's, it's just like okay, yeah, because you can just you know run fence real quick. You know, they bust break, out some holes real. Yeah, quick. And by yourself, it's getting uh-huh. lined up, tightening the wire, and mm-hmm. it's just it's just an aggravation.
0: Um, and these like we use much larger
1: posts for H braces. Yep. So I'm thinking like if something's gonna hurt my back during. That's actually how I slipped my lower disc was because Daddy didn't doesn't buy H-braces. He uses power poles. Of course. Fraud, because those were free. Of course. <laughs> yeah. So I was having to pick up and set power poles, and that's how I hit hurt my lower back.
0: These were old uh, marine Marina dock posts. Yeah. So that, no, yeah, I know yeah. your pain.
1: Yeah. So I uh, My whole left leg went numb for like a couple months. So
0: like, dude, so I got like six of these. I'm doing this by myself. And I'm like, uh, you know, they're like eight and a half feet long, and they're like, I don't know.
1: Got a good air hug him
0: to set them. God, but like I'm conscious the whole time. Like, dude, I'm gonna lift with my knees. I'm not with my back to set all the h and braces. Good jerking, twisting motion, dude. And I got done, and I'm like, I feel good. This is the gold star, banda. You're you're having a good day. Then the what? And what's typically one of the easier jobs with building fence? I just had to run the wire. Like I already done the bottom strand. I had my line. I've already put all my post in with the post hole diggers. And I'm like, I'm. I'm doing good. Walking this line. Now, here's the thing. In like an open flat pasture, it's not that big of a deal. But I had to go through this bay head backwards, holding like a 60-pound thing of wire on a spool like that I'm backing up with. And if it was just mud, you know, you slosh a little bit. But this is like dried, hard mud that's got holes where cows have stepped in. So it's like every step I'm taking, it's going off center one or the direction. But by the time I put up five strands, my my tailbone was like, "I'm retired. I'm done. I'm gonna be bummed for a couple of days." So that's how I got to that awesome intro. Yeah, my, my back's out of whack. So we're gonna see how long we can do this. But I can I can still at least talk and bullshit about stuff. That that's how. Oh, <laughs>
1: you know you know what helps your back? A nice cool bud light. Yeah, I,
0: <laughs> I don't know, dude. I don't want
1: CIA juice. <laughs> I mean, your butt hurt, so I assumed. Dude.
0: All right, well, we'll steer into that category. <laughs> okay, yeah, bit, all right. That, <laughs> was, that was a good <laughs> joke. That really was. Sorry I didn't catch that at first. <laughs> I'm not saying culture's not important and that there's some things, like the the culture war, that's that's not, like, interesting or something like that. Sorry about that. Hang on. Okay. Um, but... Like I really feel like so much of this big bombastic culture stuff is like a distraction. And like, like with the Bud Light stuff happened recently. Like, there's so much of me. Like, I'm like, that's a kind of a dumb marketing move. I think. Like, that's yeah. my, my like personal opinion. Like, if you're selling to mostly rednecks and frat boys, you might want to play to your team. Yeah. <laughs> Just like like and on a not like on a making money level.
1: Um, but. Or the what I always got like the first rule you learn in like a bar etiquette, you don't talk politics yeah, like <laughs> just people, or do just do, just make
0: beer. Yeah, just people just want to drink beer. However, one of the most illuminating things was uh the what the CEO of Anheuser Busch, he released a letter the other day that I, I don't and I don't even like care if I'm not. I'm not making an opinion on even if he should apologize or not. But it was like this weird letter of like, I'm not apologizing, but I'm just going to say how American of a country we are, of a company we are, yeah, and how much we dude. love making beer and
1: not. I saw a, saw a comment on there. and It was like it's like this is like when you have to you have a word limit and you're trying to reach the word limit. You're just putting in sense, sentences because he's it's like two pages where he didn't really say anything. Lot. And I'm like, and I read it, and I'm like, just, uh, there's just
0: so much of me that doesn't give a shit about this. However, the thing that made my like uh, made my brain lock in on this was well, someone directed me to the CEO of Anheuser-Busch's his, uh, Twitter profile, and on this dude's Twitter profile, he talks about I think he like has like a, I'm the CEO of Anheuser-Busch. We proudly make beer. I'm a father. I'm a da 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 da, and like it's like previous work experience. He names one or two things, and then right underneath it, CIA analyst. And I'm like, what? The just a coincidence that the head of the largest beer manufacturing
1: probably in the world dude.
0: probably in the world just also happened to used to work at the CIA. Hey, sorry guys, I know we just started. I got to pause for a second. Mercer's gonna talk some shit here in a second. We'll be right back. All right, we're back to making content in this hot, sweaty box of a trailer. Um, sorry guys, for interruption. All right, Merce, what were you saying? I uh, don't, I don't, I don't want <laughs> anymore. <laughs> oh, so sorry guys, had a had a family. No, the, thing, o- the only
1: know. thing I was going to add in right before your phone call was just that the we were talking about his Twitter, LinkedIn is that he deleted it. Like he- it has been. It was, was he like I don't know if he's brought back, but this morning it deleted. But people saw screenshots of it. So
0: like the CEO of Anheuser Busch, seemingly I don't know, maybe we got maybe there's information we don't know, but it seems trying to kind of get rid of that public info of, of on his profile of working for the CIA. So you know just to be sure of myself, I was trying to bring up his profile again on Twitter, which I was like having just a very hard time doing. Trying to take advantage of the little break we had. I stumbled upon this article that's uh, quite fascinating. It's published from Fox Business um, on foxbusiness.com. And uh, it's by Danielle Genovese. uh, Published October 1st, 2022. So not that long ago. Um, Here's the title.
1: This guy's got a great resume.
0: Dude, amazing. Y'all hear me out on this. Uh, The title is From CIA to Beer. Brendan Whitworth's path to CEO of Anheuser-Busch. All right, Fox, enlighten us. And, like, this is not them criticizing him. This is, like, them, but seems like a very, like, uh, appealing article, like, trying to, like, bragging on him. Okay, so here we go. Quote, Years before he became CEO of one of the most well known beer companies in the United States, Brendan Wentworth would spend time late into the night studying for business school while stationed in Baghdad, Iraq. Wow. Interesting. Stationed in Baghdad, all right.
1: Hard worker. Dedication.
0: It was only it was the only time he had to prepare for the graduate management admission test in between his duties at the CI or Central Intelligence agency CIA so
1: I'm glad I'm glad you explained that part
0: yeah all right right. so what we know so far cut in here he's working for the CIA in Baghdad in Iraq and uh, he's going to he's applying to uh, Harvard it seems well for business school F back to the article quote after a year of work Whitworth had to sit for the test but had few options in the Middle East so with very little time on his hands, he flew straight to Washington DC, sat for the exam, and submitted the results from his cousin's house twenty nine minutes before the Harvard Business School application was due. That's okay, I I was about to call him a procrastinator, but I mean he did just get from Baghdad, Iraq. He's not Con,
1: Conveniently.
0: Yeah. Although I know, don't
1: I, when is the army ever really given a damn about your personal life from the little bit I've understood?
0: And, uh, well, I think they make they they definitely, well, hang on. The personal life of the average grunt, they probably don't give a shit about. Yeah. But if Maybe you're an
1: officer, I'm assuming
0: you, I think you get some perks. However, you know, and this is not even me. I'm not, I'm not trying to rake this over the fire. I'm just trying to like figure this out. Maybe there's a very easy explanation for this. Um, but it said like he had to sit for the test, but had few options in the Middle East so he went to his cousin's house for the test, and the, you know, like he didn't go to like. How
1: does the CIA not have computer act, like internet access over there?
0: Yeah, or how? Like that's just a. No, no, maybe, maybe, maybe. That, that's not a big point. That's a really minor point. Just something my brain's racking about. I just found this like this article five minutes ago, so bear with me, people. We're gonna keep going through it. Um, quote. This is a quote directly in the article. I don't know if I put my best foot forward, Whitworth laughed as he spoke with Fox News Digital. At the time, Whitworth was dedicated to serving the country, first as a first lieutenant in the United States Marine Corps, and then as an operations officer for the CIA's Counterterrorism Center. All right, doing counterterrorism work in Baghdad. Four years into his work at the agency, His older sister, Kelty, pushed him to apply to business school. While she appreciated what I had been doing, she, as any protective sibling would be, was constantly saying, okay, you've done eight years now, what do you think about prioritizing yourself? He recalled, adding that she had a, quote, strong, well-grounded opinion in his life. Reluctantly, he he agreed to apply, but with one stipulation. He would only apply to the prestigious Boston-based university where Kelty had attended undergrad school. Quote, there are a bunch of great business schools, but I always felt like she had something on me, too. So I was like, all right, fine. I'm going to go there, Whitworth said. It was something he hadn't previously considered. In 1994, Whitworth started his freshman year at Bucknell University with the intention of following in his father's footsteps of becoming a doctor. However, so all right. Hang on. Let me me pause from the article. So that was I just wanted to get through that. I haven't read this far into it, honestly. Um, but like just that first of it grabbed me. So he's working for the CIA in Baghdad.
1: Only applies to Harvard.
0: Only applies to Harvard. Cause
1: I, I mean, I took the LSAT and went through the whole like law school application process. And mm-hmm. you, you get in the forums and you talk to these kids, the kids that applied to Harvard, they have spent their lives trying to get there. This and ain't I, just
0: something they whipped out. No. Of-
1: and the kids that got denied are astounding, like these kids are like. Four point, like four plus GPAs. They got like the max score is like a one eighty on the side. They got like one seventy eights, one seventy sevens. They're like near perfect, and Harvard is still telling them no. Yeah, like so this this whole just I'm just last minute going to apply to Harvard is I don't know if it's military like it's I don't that's not something you just
0: do. No, no, that's something you really but.
1: I'm oh, not well, trying to take anything away from him if hey, he really busted hey, his butt. But who it's, knows?
0: Maybe the guy got in at the CIA because he's the uh, above average and very exceptional human being. Like I said, he I'm could,
1: not trying to take anything. He could uh, be. I'm not yeah. trying to take anything away from him knowing the guy. But it's not just something you... I'm only going to apply to Harvard. These kids like had several backups that uh, were...
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm going to release some more of my thoughts on the end. But Let's let's just get into the article. I'm about, about halfway through. So here we go, people. However... Back to it. Um, However, midway through his college career, Whitworth, who has always admired military and government service, imagine that, uh, found himself researching how to get into the Marines. I felt fortunate to have been born in the United States, he said. I felt like I needed to pay that back, and I had a little bit of indebtedness that I needed to pay. Hmm. It's odd. It's even in the quote. It has a pause. <laughs> Literally, I'm going to hang on verbatim. Let me let me re say that quote. I felt like I needed to pay that back. Like I had a bit of indebtedness that I dot 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 needed to pay. All right. Well, maybe, I'm maybe fixating on that a little too much. It's just odd. Anyways, on top of that. Here we go, everybody. I promise I didn't even reread this. This is mm. all right. <clears throat> back to the article. On top of that, his grandfather worked at the Federal Bureau of Investigation,
1: there
0: it is. <laughs> serving under President Hoover before running training in Quantico, Virginia. That's where kind of the attachment to hang on back up. All right, sorry, sorry. They're quoting him directly again. Quote, that's where the kind of attachment to dot, 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 serving the country came from. (laughs) Unquote. Whitworth said, uh... (laughs) I'm sorry, but that, it's like they're writing this for someone that's conspiracy-minded. Like, hey, we're going to put innuendos in the quote.
1: Well, somebody's got to be sitting there drawing the things like, okay, CIA, got it.
0: Serving FBI our country.
1: grandfather, got it. Only Harvard, okay.
0: Like the how they're writing it. Like if that was written in a in a novel I was reading, it's like, oh, he's saying that part
1: funny. Like, or, uh, remember this part. Or, dot, dot dot dot. Serving our
0: country, he said as he looked away and took a drag of his cigarette. <laughs> Might be personalizing that a little bit. Anyway, we need
1: to make sure this author's still alive.
0: Back, back to the article. After dropping his pursuit of a medical degree, the idea of serving the co- okay. So hang on, there, let me clarify something. I've I've just kind of realized. It looks like he did go to Bucknell University at first, but then changed his mind to go into the Marines. That's like that part I just read. So when we were saying like on a whim he went to heart, it does kind of seem like. But it looks well, like if he, he
1: went, if he went as a if he's an officer in the military, it means he got an undergraduate degree. Okay, most likely uh-huh. he got a bachelor's degree, and then probably rather than going on to graduate, you know. Medical school, he went to the military. Okay. Um, I would assume.
0: (laughs) So, back. I just got to say that quote one time because it's it's right where I, or my bad. Ignore that. Back to the article. Um, After dropping his pursuit of a medical degree, the idea of serving the country had, quote, become much more of a reality, Whitworth said. Before his senior year at Bucknell, he attended Officer Candidate School, where graduation candidates are commissioned as officers in the United States Marine Corps, quote, making the final transition from civilian to Marine officer, unquote, according to the Marines. Um, during that time, candidates proved themselves capable as leaders our nation can count on, uh, Let me read that back. Candidates prove, quote, themselves capable as leaders our nation can count on, according to the Marines, unquote. Uh, After graduating OCS and Bucknell, Wentworth spent three years in the Marines, another five years at the agency, otherwise known as the first line of defense for the United States. I think that's CIA. They, They have that underscored. Um, in 2006, after getting accepted to Harvard, he left Baghdad, Baghdad and spent the next two years in Boston, immersed in business school. All right. Learning business. That seems, I hope there's some of that in there. If he's CEO of freaking Anheuser-Busch, um, rather than stepping into banking or management consulting, like many, many of his colleagues, Oh, <laughs> His colleagues are in banking, huh? Imagine them. Harvard graduates. That's not a surprise. Whitworth took a different route. Whitworth recalled having an entire week of interviews lined up and canceling every single one. In turn, he landed a job at PepsiCo in its Frito-Lay unit. What, he
1: canceled what? every interview? Yeah, let me reread that. Let me. I, I picked... I picked only Harvard, and I canceled every one of my job interviews.
0: Let me reread that. Whitworth recalled having an entire week of interviews lined up and canceling every single one. In turn, he landed a job at PepsiCo in its Frito-Lay unit. Dude, he picks Harvard. He canceled all of his... his job. And by the way, I'm sorry... That's not a guy that's struggling for income at all. <laughs> As a <laughs> dude, when you're struggling, you're trying to find a job.
1: I'm farming watermelons
0: to help me through the hospital. Like, dude, you're at least gonna go hear them out and like Alright, all right, continuing. Guys, I promise, I didn't even mean to get into this article today. This wasn't even in the plan. All right, back to the article. After a few short years, he was hired by Anheuser-Busch, a company he says has been, quote, an American icon for almost 170 years, unquote. Uh, Within eight years, he rapidly moved up the chain, starting as vice president of the Northeast region in 2014 to sitting at the helm of the company by July 2021.
1: I don't want to cut you off. I had to just Google maybe what the relationship between Pepsi and Anheuser-Busch would be
0: let me guess the 2009 the Sa-
1: Anheuser-Busch and PepsiCo have agreed to jointly purchase indirect goods and services and services basically um, they've established a joint procurement agreement in the United States designed to help them save money on items so they're so they, buying they, they,
0: stuff together
1: they're yeah they're working yeah. together
0: which all right hang on hang on and doubles advocate don't get me wrong, I'm sure the largest companies in the United States, like, get so many subsidies and don't pay in, like, get, get so much more out of the government than they pay into it, like, obviously. But it's like, all right, let, let's say the they're, they're, they're people transfer from one company to another whenever those companies have relations with each other. That's a smoother transition. But, man, you put it in context with everything else I just said. Holy shit. Um, anything else or back to the article?
1: I mean, I'm, I'm just now on set, but basically right. they, they, basically they form some kind of merger. It's okay. like, they're still individual, but they've, yeah. mer- there's a underlying, they're mer- cooperating a lot. There's a mer mm-hmm. They've merged. Yeah. There's, I don't understand. I like literally, but yeah, no, there's a link there. There's a link how we jump from Pepsi to Anheuser-Busch.
0: Coming soon. Budweiser, Wild Jerry, Pepsi. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Uh, so, uh. All right, all right. So within, that's what I said. Back to the article. I just said, within eight years, he rapidly moved up the chain, starting as vice president of the Northeast region in 2014, to sitting at the helm of the company by July 2021. His success was partly due to the skills he learned in the Marines when he was tasked with leading a platoon of troops. Man, he's sure not talking about any of the stuff he learned at the CIA. He is sure like, I worked for them and I was an operations manager of counterterrorism, but that's all y'all need to know about that. Um, back back to this. Uh, so, um, back to the article. I'm going to reiterate what I just said. Because I had a link, then it continues on. His success was partly due to the skills he learned in the Marines when he was tasked with leading a platoon of troops. Quote, they put you through a process to screen you, to see if you have the capabilities to lead Marines, he said. Then they give you what they believe are the right leadership principles. And then they give you a platoon of Marines, and you have to go see if that all works. Unquote. So, do you have the right skills that the Marine Corps are looking for to lead soldiers? I'm like, unquote, you, what you he said. You got a
1: heartbeat. <laughs> Isn't that what the Marines are you, looking for? You got
0: a heartbeat, and you're leading people the way we want you to lead people. What's that? What's like? Alright, sorry about that people. I got all handsy and slapped the mic cord again.
1: I also found out I didn't hit the record on the camera. So if you guys are still with us on YouTube, you've just probably been staring at a black logo screen for a while. That's uh it's our bad. Yeah. It's yeah. uh it's middle of the day, it's hot. It is hot,
0: it is a sweat box. In what here. you
1: guys don't know is while we're recording, we have to we shut off the air conditioner so you don't get this obnoxious white noise in the background. But we're here, we're sweating our balls off because yeah. we love you guys.
0: Yes. Back to it. Anyways, interesting article. So actually, it's at the end of it, if I'm being, being perfectly honest. What a good time to like slap the mic word if I was going to do it. Um, it just ends with, he had, a, what he had to find a way to galvanize people from vastly different backgrounds and experiences. Quote, that early experience gave me an appreciation that I've continued to build upon. What it means to connect with, sell to, market to someone from Philadelphia or somebody from San Antonio. Unquote, Whitworth said. And that's the that's the end of it and uh, yeah dude that is wild like it's a let's 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 chew on like what we lined up with I
1: just see a lot of convenience a lot of again I don't know if he's from a, just a well-connected family or something or where I mean I don't Probably. Know, I don't know but it's just like I'm only applying to Harvard
0: I'm canceling every job interview like and hang on and think about this
1: or he's just some poor guy that has busted his ass, and now there's this massive campaign, and he's going,
0: aww. <laughs> I'm trying, and maybe I'm taking a stupid look at this. Like, this might be a dumb angle, but it's mine. What kind of guy, like, if you were like, hey, what got you into, like, this world? Money.
1: And, oh. That'd I mean, be me. That'd be my answer. I mean,
0: yeah, but, like, even then, it's like, what, what got you into this? And it's like, you know, most big entrepreneurs and hungry people you meet, they're like, dude, I... I knocked on every damn door. I've chased the dollar as hard as I could, especially people that I'm thinking of someone like Patrick bet David that like owns a multimillion dollar company. And then for fun does a YouTube show but like that. That was his job for a long time was turning a company from like a, Multi million dollar company to like a multi billion dollar company. Did
1: you know that my pillow guy was a drug addict? Yeah. I uh, didn't know that for yeah, the longest time. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. He's got the look in his eyes if you really. Like, yeah.
1: Yeah. By no.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he's... Um, but no, so that <clears throat> it's funny. Um, you know this country and don't get me wrong there was like ruthless ass business people like i'm not some like Iron rand like making them out all out to be angels or something like that but there was really something to people creating industries and rising up and like forming stuff Than what you have now i think it was patrick bet david that was talking a little bit about it he goes now you have people that have inherited it and haven't created it. And in one way or another, they have an, inherited all this power and they don't quite know how to do with it. And that's where, I don't know, that brag, that's an odd brag to make that I canceled every job interview except for the one I got. Now I guess I guess he's trying to show like I knew what I was doing, I know what I was going into, I was that determined to get it. Unless but unless
1: they gave him like just that great of an offer or something. I don't I don't know. But yeah, I picture I'm thinking of myself out of college when I first say I went into flying, like I knocked on every door. I got in my truck with like resumes and I just started driving to every crop dusting place between. I saw I ended up in South Carolina
0: and West Palm when I came back to Arcadia, uh, all of it. Like I was like, please, I need a job. I'll go anywhere and look, just find something suitable to my living. I sweep floors. (laughs) Yeah. Like whatever, just paycheck and make it help me make it work. Yeah. Um, so, and also his dad just happened to work at the FBI.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of, like I said, I'm trying. Under, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to give the guy the benefit of the doubt to, like, you know, military Wait, family. when it said
0: what? he served under Hoover. Yeah. I when I was reading it, my brain got stupid and thought about President Hoover. But that was before the FBI. That'd be J. Edgar Hoover.
1: Didn't Hoover start?
0: The FBI. So, like, my Didn't brain. Hoover
1: wear dresses?
0: Dude, Hoover is, like, the poster child of, to me, of, like, bad conservatives with power. Not I, let me take that back. I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to piss on conservatism that quick, that fast. But it was like I'm going to use the power of the federal government to enforce these conservative values to such a degree that if you're a, any, if you're in any kind of the public spotlight, like if you're an actor in Hollywood or something like that, and you lean, if you have anything that's just not traditional conservative. We're putting you on a list of possibly communists, and there's a chance you won't work anymore. And like a whole, meanwhile, the dude is cross dressing, yeah. like, and locking up people that are. Don't wrong. All right, for the record, cross dressing is freaking weird. But uh,
1: whatever. If that's what gets your jobs uh, off.
0: Uh, yeah, dude, not teach them. But then you're locking up other dudes that are doing. Du- like, I like beef jerky. How crazy would it be if I wanted to lock people up that ate beef jerky? <laughs>
1: It, anyway. it's, like the, it's like the conservatives you see now they're all like anti-gay but they're doing gay stuff behind closed doors They're
0: Yeah, knocking on bathroom stalls yeah. and yeah it's it's and it's like what just and i feel like so like this move by anheuser-bush to like put whatever that thing's name is as the spokesperson or whatever she at however you fancy uh dylan
1: it's it's a him. D- dylan, it's dylan. but like it's a dude it's a dude
0: and by the way, throughout that whole article, it does mention, like, oh, yeah, you know, I worked for five years for the CIA counterterrorism. Uh, but well, <coughs> we don't got to talk about that. Well, right?
1: it, and like I said, it's not... But it plays into the fact that why is the last couple years, it's just being so everywhere?
0: Well, I've said it before. I think it's the circus. Yeah. It's the circus to get people's attention... Keep
1: everybody fighting amongst themselves.
0: I think the left has... I think the left and the right have always been played as puppets. Let me like say that like since since at least the early 1900s, like in our current Western culture or since the progressive area era, left and right are played while gains are made outside of that. I think. I think and this is just like my kind of anecdotal assessment. When you had the left, kind of this newish left, in the '60s, that was like, "Hey, we're not commie, but we're not this suit and tie culture conservative either. We're free love or whatever." I think that was like an uncontrolled left. I think that things you go start seeing commie, and I think you you saw ways of the government trying to control it, a la Charles Manson being a CIA. Asset Like, the, them getting him out of jail multiple times. And that, that's on the record. That's public record of, like, cops letting him out before all the bad stuff happens because higher-ups are telling them to, people outside of their pay grade. Um, but even though I don't agree with, like, a lot of the left's end solutions of centralized control and stuff like that, during the March on Wall Street or Occupy Wall Street moment, moment I really think that was like an uncontrolled leftist reaction to the banker bailouts of 2000. Like, remember George Bush was like, we're going to do stimulus checks for the citizen, and we're also going to bail out these big corporate banks.
1: yeah, I, but I, rem, I remember card. the the too big to fail. Yes. We can't, we can't afford, I remember that.
0: Bush started, and like conservatives didn't really hear it until Obama started doing it. And then conservatives started raising hell. But it's like, you got to remember, Bush was doing it too right before that. And only the good lefties I put in quotes at the time were raising hell about it. Um, probably bad lefties too, but whatever. Whenever Occupy Wall Street happened, like, dude, it was like left and right kind of uniting on like, hey, doesn't it seem like they're kind of taking our money and just giving it to the richest people? And both of our philosophies don't like this. <laughs> like, on um, the conservative philosophy is you you break your own back and you make your money yourself. And the leftist philosophy is like, screw rich people. And it's like, all right, both of us agree that bailing out bankers is not right. And I really think the deep state. What I don't know how deep the deep state goes. I, I really have I'm ignorant of that.
1: What if but it's it, not how deep it goes? What if it just is
0: I think that's a large like it's just a machine running itself. Like there is no cabal behind it. It's just a web of jobs <laughs> of like people said, getting like, their paycheck.
1: And I think it's just got it's just grown to such a monster that it's just Yep and a as a lo- cycle.
0: And as long as the people are looking are peeking behind the curtain and looking at how the sausage is made with our currency. With our and you
1: keep them from looking by putting Dylan them. on a Bud Light.
0: Yep, because now conservatives are going to be raising hell about it for two to three weeks instead of Ukraine, instead of China. We're in the middle of-, of
1: trying to raise the deficit. Yeah, that's been what's going on right now. It's like that, and I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm putting the strings mm, in okay. my mind over here. Yeah, because Yellen has just was just in the news in Congress talking about raising the debt ceiling. And they asked her like, so you're going to raise the debt to 50 trillion. She's like, yeah, but I think it'll be okay. Like rather than just, no, we know we got no more money. And dude, and the
0: Republicans will vote right along with it. And they'll all raise hell on, on. I think
1: they all will at this point anymore. Unfortunately,
0: that's just, it's the, how the beast is.
1: And I don't know how you stop it. I mean, I, I would be like, shut it down. Shut it all down.
0: Well, Hey, I got to say like on, on this subject, It was so nice to see Papa Paul. Ron Paul on Tim cast. And I shared it with mercy. He didn't watch it. I'm sure like a lot of people out there didn't watch it, but I just want to put this in perspective.
1: I saw somebody posted a a, clip. a short, I saw like a, a clip and yeah, and he just fires off. He's just sitting there. There's a all Ron Paul, dude.
0: He, he's like 92 years old.
1: Well, he bikes and does stuff
0: miles the, a day. Yeah. Not uh,
1: like, not like Biden, you know, riding his bike dude, and falling over. But.
0: Biden is like 10 years younger than him. Yeah. And Ron Paul sat on a live feed for two hours just and it's 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 so hilarious because it's, it's on Tim on Temple. Can we shot. just
1: do like Professor Xavier with him? Just give him like a little little like roll around chair. and That's what he mm. just can he doesn't need everything. that. He still walks. Yeah, know. yeah, but, t- yeah, but if we don't gotta protect him. He's like, <laughs> he's like one broken hip away from
0: make him the god emperor. Hook him up to a throne. That's just gonna yeah. keep him alive. Yeah, just
1: just just no. You're, you're sensible. Like let's just please.
0: Your son's kind of a pussy. Please, <laughs> but no. So like t- I like Rand, but he's
1: not. He just doesn't like
0: Ron Paul. Ron Paul will die on the hill. Ron Paul's like, you're all kind of warmongers. (laughs) He was polite, but was very brazen. Um, But dude, one of the things he did was like, he's on this show that gets 500,000 views for this episode. Like, I want to put that in perspective. It's two hours straight. 500,000 people have have seen it in the past week. And this 92 year old talks more coherently than not just Joe Biden, but like Lindsey Graham or
1: Lindsey Graham's starting to get a little out there. He's always been a little bit, but he's getting even way more. Like, I feel like it's all getting worse, or maybe I'm just paying attention to it more. Uh, most, but he's like, heck yes, we're going to go fight in Taiwan. Like, why?
0: Because he can't. Why? Because he, the most, an overwhelming majority of the Republican Party cares more about what the New York Times thinks of them than they do their own constituents. Yeah, that's why when I hear a lot of good hearted conservatives go, well, he's just a rhino. He's just a Republican in name only. And he's just making money. It's like, I heard Michael Malice make this point as like the rhino is actually someone like Rand Paul. Like the most of the Republicans are these money hungry, like wolf and sheep's clothing. There's just a few of them that are like, I actually believe what I'm saying. <laughs> and that's the heartbreaking part. Like, I want them to all be like Rand. They're not. But anyways, my favorite thing about Ron Paul is Mr. 92 year old. Like he gets on this, one of the most popular news outlets in the world. TimCast. gets much more views than
1: I say we should all just like start a public campaign where we just start saying we're all going to vote for Ron Paul. And just be organic It doesn't involve tons of money. I, I think he's still one of the people that
0: gets the most write ins yeah. Like just on, on a whim.
1: It's gonna be a terrible day when he's no longer with us, but I I hope people still continue to ride in Ron Paul. Yeah.
0: Oh, I will. His corpse would be better than <laughs> yeah.
1: anything that's in office. But That's why I like Taft. Yeah. Got stuck in bathtubs, accomplished nothing. But
0: like here's the thing. Like, there's something. There is a permeation to our culture of like this 92-year-old personally, very conservative and humble and meek guy, and like Tim Pool and Tim Pass is like, hey, you know, for those that don't know you, you know, would you introduce yourself? I'm gonna say you're the you were the presidential candidate against Obama and against, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I think it was just against Ob- not against Obama, but the Republicans that went against him. Uh, would you introduce yourself? He's like. I was just a doctor that delivered babies and I started running... I started going for the government because, you know, there was just a giant coup in the 60s when the CIA shot John Kennedy in the head. And I'm like... (gasps) (laughs)
1: Oh, oh, <laughs> right man. out of the gate,
0: like Ron Paul. Thank you. He's like Britain. And he looks
1: like such a small, like little, like he, he's, guy. He's but just he comes a cute just comes out swinging, man. just drops yeah. bombs.
0: Then yeah, he's like, you know, they took us off the gold standard. Our money's been backed by nothing but guns and oil since then, and uh, it, it's all kind of screwed. And I'm looking forward to it all going away. Nice to meet you. And I'm just like, dude, your dollars falling apart. Uh, dude, it. you're so, you rock so hard, man. He, how many
1: people did that dude? He I, he kind of woke me up because it's, it's. I remember being in high school and like, kind of starting to like pick up on yeah. like Ron Paul. That's kind of what I, did, I still don't know where I lie yeah. on the spectrum. I think it's all stupid in the first place, but I I do remember that's the most Ron correct Paul statement.
0: It's all stupid.
1: And talking like I had my parents, my grandmother, Miss Foley of all people. Uh-huh. She like she said, I I like him. Like it, I started, and then that's when I started noticing everybody going against him.
0: Yep, like. Systematically, yeah, again, and it weeds out the uh, thought, yeah, you know, Noam Chomsky's thoughts on this was that, that that leftist that I've gotten his name right twice now, I'm keeping count. Um, uh, he said, you know, it's not a like, uh, it's not a self aware conspiracy, it's not like a group of men going, This is how we'll control the world. He said, actually, what it is, it's just like this power structure, just people tend. To lean in this direction of like ignore the radical don't listen to that go to what go to the easiest route of easy to understand information that guy good guy that guy bad guy this guy on my team that guy on their team and he's like that's actually like how it well
1: now the problem is you can't even tell if they are a guy eh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> true
0: although Joan of Arc she tricked some people was she a dude? some people thought she was at first right?
1: Oh, I don't know. I just know that they thought she was crazy. No. Uh,
0: well, yeah. <laughs> Which uh, you know, it's funny. My daughter learned about her, and my daughter's like, God was talking to her and telling her to do all this stuff, right? I'm like, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so, or else that's a very sad story. <laughs> like Just a crazy lady <laughs> that went around killing people <laughs> for France.
1: And now she's on a can of beans.
0: Yeah, she is. Oh, dude, hang on. All right. More fun history time. This was something like I brought up before the show. All right. We're off of all that political stuff. Now it's just like fun history stuff. So my boy, my man, one of my favorite people from history throughout all of it, probably because he's more recent and there's more to know about him than like some of the ancient people. Babyface (laughs) Nelson. No, (laughs) not not a guy from Old Brotherhood, (laughs) though. No, Ben Franklin, Mr. Hundred Dollars.
1: Mr. Uh, dead Prostitutes dude, in his basement. <laughs> yes,
0: Dead Prostitutes in his basement. Mr. I'm sitting on top of my house, buck ass naked, enjoying the wind. Um pro mushrooms getting
1: kite struck by lightning. And
0: like don't get me wrong, I'm self aware of the propaganda of like I probably know a lot more good things about him than bad, because he just happens to be one of the founding fathers of our country. And it tends to be in every culture. You know You're, what? You founded America. You deserve to bang all the whores.
1: You <laughs> like, Dude, at least he's open about it. They're but like, they're, as long as they're consenting, like adults, like go they, for it.
0: They're like, don't you have any honor? He's like, I'm drunk and live with two prostitutes. I don't visit them. They live with me.
1: He was honest about it.
0: Yeah. As long as they weren't children, good for he's you. He's like, have you looked at me? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, but anyways, it's one of like my favorite kind of. You see these patterns in history, and one of them, a tale that's old as time, is immigration. Is it is that
1: Beauty o- and the Beast.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, sorry. I thought you were talking about the wind it outside. I th- yeah, anybody, I think I think I, hear I rain. think we're
1: finally gonna get rain because it is yep. it is kicking butt outside, it sounds like.
0: Awesome. Anyway,
1: tornado just rips through. At least it'll be on film. It'll be live. I hope I'm recording.
0: Yeah, I hope this one is. So dude, uh, I was I can't remember where I, where I heard this or read this. I can't remember if it was Reason Magazine or if it was Tom Woods or somewhere in between those two. But, you know, immigration is such an old issue. Romans were dealing with it. Friggin' supposedly Jesus' father was dealing with it. Everyone's dealt with it. People moving and around where other people already are. Uh, but this was Ben Franklin. And it was, you know what, it, it was a Reason Roundtable and they were quoting him. And it's like after they've made the Constitution, and I want to say it's like 1790-ish or in that time period, and Ben Franklin, and I'm going to be, a, what, what do you call it? I'm not directly quoting him, but I'm just kind of putting my own language in there. But he's like... Uh,
1: he's like You're summarizing so, what he... Yeah,
0: you- yeah, he's like, guys, listen. We have come here, and we have started this wonderful nation, but there is a group of people moving here they are unlike us in every way they don't conform to our ideas of freedom and of our traditions you know we can only have our freedom based on like these traditions we've learned on how to treat our neighbors and within our culture like these people are bringing foreign ideas and foreign things to this country and if we're going to pass a law to outlaw or control how they come here if we're going to have immigration standards this is the first I think one of the first like mentions of like should the government be doing this or not is this is the group of people we need to do it to the germans <laughs>
1: and, and it's such that's like such a, a that's like the last group you would hear yeah, because like it's, all through like the 1900s like all the derogatory groups or like the, you hear some years crap about the poles jews the, you don't really hear like anything bad about the germans mm. until the wars. wars, yeah, yeah,
0: like before the wars, like you hear like the really smart people that are innovative. Yeah,
1: they had like the zeppelins. If the- you had a
0: German machine, it was like one of the better machines made, and their yeah. engineering was top notch. And but, dude, it's it's so. And like the, I think it was Catherine Mangu Ward. She has a really weird name. White check. Surprise, surprise with that weird name uh but like she's she has some really horrible takes but this was like a really neat one she had she goes you know here's and like ben franklin like writes a whole essay of like here's why we cannot let these heathenistic huns into our society and you got germans end up like settling most of pennsylvania and uh like you know all that amish area i think is really heavy
1: pennsylvania dutch
0: no that's 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 the dutch but michigan (laughs) uh, michigan is heavy heavy german uh at least northern Michigan. Um, but, they,
1: like, they like the cold.
0: But it was neat, the the thing she brought up. She's like, you know, now we have things like American as apple pie. She goes, apple pie comes from the Germans. American hot dogs is bratwurst. That comes okay, from the yeah. Germans. Uh, hambur- Frankfurter. Hamburger is, hamburger. is what, ground what beef. Is that, and from that from
1: the Pink Panther? We um, can't say hamburger. No, is that's it? from Popeye. Hamburger. No, that's
0: Wimpy. I love Wimpy. He's one of my favorite fictional characters. That's you. (laughs) I love him chasing the duck and trying to ground it up. I
1: will will gladly pay you Tuesday
0: for a hamburger today. (laughs) That's 100%. He's just lost weight because he hasn't been eating because he keeps getting loans. (laughs) His credit's terrible.
1: Um,
0: Where was I in this hot box? Hamburger being
1: German. Oh, yeah.
0: Like, dude, there's so many things that are like... Now that we consider very American are actually German, but Ben Franklin's freaking out. He's like, unless you're like from an English-conquered territory or French, like that's and maybe some Jews. <laughs> but I think I think even the point he was making, like we want a little bit of people it's because from... they're
1: pagan still, or is it? I,
0: I think one of his big and please people correct me if anyone's like read this thoroughly in the past five years because it's been that long since I heard it. But his thing was like, there you can have immigration on a small standard. We like getting little different flavors of people from different
1: parts of the world. Neapolitan.
0: Yeah, well, he's like I think I think Jefferson is really famous. He has these letters with like a sultan in what's modern day Iran, but it wasn't Iran back then. And the Sultan's like, I'm going to summarize it in my Southern Florida redneck accent. He's like, y'all got some dope shit going on in America, dude. Y'all like Jews and Christians and Muslims can live next to each other. Wild. <laughs> like, Whoa. <laughs> Let me know how this whole democratic republic goes. I'm keeping an eye on it. Uh, Fast forward. Everybody's at each <laughs> other's throats. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he, uh, by the way, no more Ottomans unless you're putting your feet on them. Um, but he, uh, no. So like, that was his thing. Like we can have little bits of immigration, but like, dude, if you have a big swath of people coming in here all at once, it can really screw up our core values, (laughs) core values. (laughs) It's Legion of Skanks if no one watches it. Sorry. Um, they keep trying to get back to really racist core values. Anyways, it's a different show. That's back really to funny. basics. <laughs> yeah, back to basics.
1: Um, it's what the founding fathers and, would have wanted.
0: anyways, I I thought that was like a neat little, uh, little, that, you know, it's it's so neat. I I wish they would have told us, kind of the more. History was boring to me until I started finding out quirks about the founding fathers.
1: Yeah, what you don't read in your school books is yeah. pretty wild.
0: Like, the fact that Thomas Jefferson is, like, the poster boy for autist. Like, he was really soft-spoken, had a hard time looking people in the eye, and would, like, be like, in the middle of a conversation, he would be like, I can't finish this, I'm gonna go write you a letter. Yeah. <laughs> and he would just,
1: like... Who the hell? Overstimulated. Gotta go.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Literally literally like, sorry, my socks are wet. Gotta go home. Gotta gotta redo the whole day. (laughs) And they're like, the only thing I knew about him growing up was like, wasn't he our only bachelor president because his wife died or something like that? And it's like, yeah, dude, just couldn't find another chick after that. Or didn't want one. Who knows?
1: It was all I could do to talk to the last one.
0: (laughs) My dad hooked me up on a date and then I claimed her. Um... I'll say, oh, and I got one more. I had one slight complaint about last episode. I don't know about slight. It was someone not of our southern culture uh, saying I got a little little too deep into the religion uh, the last, which I thought was like some enlightening, like Christian stuff. Uh, it was EMS on Twitter. Go follow her. She's she's neat. She's a kooky British chick. Uh, but no, so like it's. You know how, like you say, I talk about things on here and then it's like the next week or something like God or reality or the simulation throws me a curveball to right. either confirm it or fight against it. Dude, the next day after we recorded that, I'm on a tractor. And there's this uh, there's this channel on YouTube I, I listen to quite a bit that you can listen to and don't have to watch. It's called Voices of the Past. I brought them up before. They talk about uh, that's firsthand accounts of historical things. Dude, the thing they were going over was like in the year, in the early years of Christianity, when it's still like a micro cult and they're being persecuted by Romans, it's Romans criticizing it. And dude, as a guy who grew up going to church and hearing modern atheists like criticize Christianity, a lot of it. Was so I, I don't know hostile that it would just immediately turn me off and not like like oh I don't
1: like Daniel the Lions Den yeah
0: and- I'd, I'd be like I don't like I, but dude hearing these Romans talk shit about it they did it and it, it, it's so neat to hear these people and I don't it's like I don't even agree with their end conclusion but the thought the line of thought they bring me along the way I enjoyed. It's like Plato's, I think Plato said, like, it's always fun to entertain an idea without accepting yeah. it. And do you
1: put yourself in their shoes? Like, yeah.
0: And they're like, it's funny hearing these Romans. They're like, all right, all right. So let me get this straight. This God, this maker of everything, only likes the Jews, these people that right now don't have a home and are flaundering the earth. The main God likes, he hasn't like eradicated the rest of us and just made their, he's like, Zeus. Zeus doesn't even claim, or I guess to a Roman, it wouldn't be Zeus, it'd be Apollo, like the king of the gods or whatever. No, Uh, he
1: wouldn't be Apollo. uh, They'd be in the Saturn, like Saturn or or Jupiter. Or
0: whoever their substitute for Zeus was. I think the dude even name drops Zeus. He might like, to the Greeks, like the king of their gods was Zeus, and we all accept this is their interpretation of what is happening.
1: Greek mythology is wild. Yeah. Basically... Zeus banged everything and there was consequences for him banging everything. I
0: kind of, you know, I remember, I remember that religious teacher was like, you got to realize all other religions really had human gods, like gods with very human character. They were greedy. They were jealous. They were, he was like, Judaism was like one of the real first ones that's like, our God is beyond our humanness. Yeah. Like he is like, he gets vengeful. He gets jealous. But he's whole like he's something beyond yeah, because he's
1: like, because I am. Like, <laughs> yeah,
0: uh, and I
1: made you. I'm uh, a little pissed off.
0: you. <laughs> <laughs> but one, one, of, one of my favorite ones, they're like, so let me let me get this straight. One of God's servants turns into a snake and tricks God's favorite beings into doing sin that he doesn't like. And God doesn't just kill the snake; right? <laughs> like, he's like trying to wrap. As he's like Hercules, like rips a lion's head off with his bare hands. Like, hang on, God doesn't kill this thing. And uh, if the Christian account and Jewish account is true, I think there's like some logic to God not doing yeah. it. But like, it's so neat to just them going like,
1: <laughs> "Wait, wait, 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 wait." So you're telling me? <laughs> and it's so
0: it's just so neat to hear people from two thousand years ago. It sounds like a guy I could sit down... He would sound smarter than 90% of people you talk to today. Yeah. Conservative or liberal. Like, they had this just different way of thinking about things. That was fascinating.
1: Well, yeah, they were all mm. drunk and tripping balls most of the time.
0: Most of the time, they
1: were. I saw a mm. thing that they've traced it back to some ancient civilizations where they were... Maybe I think it was the Greeks. They found, like, psilocybin, like, in their... Like in their um, DNA or somehow in their track, like
0: like traces of yeah, it. Yeah, like. they
1: they so they're pretty sure that humans throughout history have always been like on something.
0: You know the the I'm not gonna go super Joe Rogan but you know DMT is in you while like you do it while you sleep. What you when you dream you ha- you have all right. You don't know about this. This will be fun to tell you about to finish this episode. I'm on. scared. All right, your pineal gland. Apologize to anybody that's watched 30 seconds of Joe Rogan. You're about to hear a lot of the same thing. But you have a there's this there's this chemical called dimethyltryptamine. It is uh, from what I understand, it's in like every single plant. Every blade of grass, every leaf, everything has DMT in it. But it's also like see so you now you can have chemical bonds and how like a chemical does like a certain thing, but then when it locks with another chemical, it does something completely freaking different. Right. Most of the DMT you find in nature, when we eat it, it's in one of these chemical bonds that doesn't make you trip. Like you, okay. it's just part of the digestion process. You have a pineal gland in the middle of your head.
1: Oh, is this the third eye thingy?
0: Uh-huh. And when that that's the location of when you dream, you secrete just a little bit of it. Into the rest of your brain, that's the unchemically locked version of it that makes you trip.
1: Now here's so you're saying my dreams are just me tripping. It's
0: you tripping on diomethyl triplamine.
1: No wonder they're so For, weird. That's
0: leaking. Yeah, that's why it's so like kind of real, but like not. You real. feel like
1: you're punching with like the strength of a pillow. Yeah.
0: Now here's the thing about ayahuasca that that thing in South America. Have you heard of ayahuasca? The plant.
1: No, I thought it was going to be like a Native American. You
0: know, well, it's native to South America, to like Brazil. It's a root. It's one of the only times in nature that it's the, if you process it a certain way, I don't know the way, I don't know the specifics, it gets rid of that chemical bond and you got the pure DM, not pure DMT, but you got the unlocked version of it in the soup. And here's the wild thing, like uh, victims that have PTSD, whether it's like soldiers or like schmape victims or you know people that have gone through really bad stuff traumatic I stuff. I just realized
1: you tiptoed around that word. Yeah. I was like, uh, I was like what? <laughs> uh,
0: trying to be nice for the YouTube censors in case monetization ever comes a knocking um, but it they're able like it's not like a mushroom trip from like or an acid trip from what I understand. It is something completely different that like they are able like after they're done tripping they're like that was, like, better than 50 years of therapy, even though I just spent two hours puking and everything after they drink this root. Like, they're able to... It's
1: like a dream time slows down or, like...
0: And, uh, like, they... Well, Ron White describes it. That they, Ron White quit drinking because of it. Yeah. And it was Ron White. But he, as he explains it on Joe Rogan, like, Joe Rogan asked me to explain it, He goes, well, I took a drink of it. And then I went out and sat in a hammock while he's in South America. And he goes, you know, they like, man, I feel a little fuzzy, but this this ain't nothing. But uh, he said, then I opened my mouth and the entire rainforest fell into my mouth. And I fell into myself and went through myself. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, I've, I've never done DMT, by the way. It's-. But he's like, from that, he goes, I knew 15 or how? when the trip was done. He goes, I'm done drinking. I don't need to do it anymore.
1: Yeah, how do you beat that?
0: <laughs> I don't know. Well, like, the thing is, as Joe Rogan explains it, like, every time he does it, he sees, like, mechanical elves that go through Steal all his the... underwear? No, not them kind. <laughs> not the real ones. <laughs> but, like, that uh, go through his past, like, bad decisions and help him sort it out in his brain. And, like, it's, um, as Alex Jones says, that shit's real, and DMT just helps you see it.
1: Uh-huh. Man. Uh-huh. I don't like this show. Well,
0: yeah. <laughs> guys, it is hot. My back's holding up. Thank you, Mima Karen, for giving me the right medication advice. Um, But, guys, this has been fun, uh, besides the sweating. Uh, follow us on Twitter. I'll have some more bad takes, I'm sure. Uh, at Bandit Radio Hour. YouTube, give us a like. Give us a subscribe if you're still listening.
1: Yeah, sorry um, about the black screen, but...
0: Mer screwed up, like always. That happens.
1: It, it it falls it falls squarely upon my shoulders. I, I apologize for my f- shortcomings.
0: Damn straight. Bye everybody.